Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving frozen yogurt. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BIRDS. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BIRDS. Don't forget, that's code BIRDS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen Sheila in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf and coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings i'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids wow get, we gotta get that in a drop uh immediately let's edit that one out that didn't come out quite there's no editing no no editing on this that's podcast the wonderful birds with friends no editing <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a wednesday afternoon i am bo wolf joined by zach bourbon on today's episode with Marissa Morris producing. We're not going to do the uh, the Joe Judge thing today because, I mean, he has he has really, like, exceeded any level of, like, of joke. He has become – it's like he's in on it at this point. So I feel like making fun of him when he seems to just be created out of our concussion uncle mind is, is taking it too far. It's a little bit gilding the lily, don't you think? Or maybe there's innovativeness that uh, you're not applauding or recognizing. Is that really what you think is going on? <laughs> no, that is not what's going on. Okay. Uh, well, we uh, we have some Eagles stuff to talk about today. We had a, an eventful practice. It looked like a player went down with a significant injury we will talk about. Uh, and the Eagles avoided a more disastrous yes. injury narrowly. So we can, we can talk about that as well in our Quactus report. And then we will do uh, a new segment called Pheasantville in the second half of the show before we have uh, Shiel Kapadia on tomorrow night, I think, for a YouTube show, which we will do after the Eagles supposedly go live tomorrow during Thursday's practice. Zach, how are you? I'm doing well. Excited for this podcast. Are you ready to attack it with uh, an energy unknown to mankind? With enthusiasm unknown to mankind. I am ready. Enthusiasm unknown to mankind. So weird. We're recording. This is kind of weird because um, this stuff has just come down. The Bucks have just uh, boycotted their game, and it looks like uh, there will be no NBA games tonight. So it feels a little bit silly to be talking about um, an Eagles practice, but I guess guess that's what we're here to do. So I guess we can do that. Uh, You've just filed the practice observations for the day, Zach. How, uh, uh, you know, what what are the headlines? I, I would say you did a very good job previewing it on the top of the show here uh, because there were... Low those f- 40 seconds ago. Yeah, a, f- a few big headlines. Uh, first off, I did think it was perhaps the most eventful practice of the summer. They they went over two hours. Uh, there were a, a red zone. Uh, there was a lot of teamwork, a lot of red zone work. Um, the major injury or potential major injury that you're referring to is Jannard Avery left the field with uh, looks like a knee injury. We don't have that yet. We'll, f- we'll find out more tomorrow. Was carted off the field. But I don't want to say... As they practiced around him. Yes, yeah, they uh, moved. Which is always such a such an odd thing. I don't want to say uh, more important because, you know, Jannard Avery's health is, is important. But uh, in terms of significance to the Eagles season... Wow, how dare you? They... they avoided a potential major injury when Andre Dillard was pushed back 
by Joe Osman on a bull rush. Dillard was on the ground and knocked Carson Wentz, like like hit Carson Wentz's knees. You've you've seen quarterbacks get hurt that way before. Uh, Carson Wentz fortunately got up, dusted himself off, was okay, finished practice, but uh, it was a a scary or a potential scary moment for the Eagles. Is that fair to say? A bull rush by Joe Ostman. If Andre Dillard can't handle uh, a bull rush by Joe Ostman, and he's almost going to take out the knees of the franchise quarterback, how ready is he to play left tackle week one? It's a very good question because the thing that he's been praised a, about a bull this rush by Joe Ostman is is that he added strength. And Joe Osman, who well, is a 200... He wasn't prepared for Ill Ostina. <laughs> yeah, 258-pound kind of joker player, you know, almost like a D-end outside linebacker hybrid, uh, just just pushed him right back. And I understand it's it's one rep, but if that happens in a game, A, it's a costly sack, and B, it could be much costlier. It could be a, a season-changing play. So uh, this was more than giving up a sack. This was Andre Dillard on the ground, hitting his quarterback in the knees. It was pretty, uh, I mean. I, pretty am I overstating it, or is that? No, and I, okay. I actually wasn't sure if it was Osman or Sharif Miller, and I, I know that there was some uh, debate among the writers, but it sounded like it. Uh, the consensus was that it was Osman. Yeah, coming around that left side, yep. Or okay. the, the, offense's, uh, the, the offense's left side. Uh, yeah, so it's that good to know was that he has more than an inside spin move against Jordan Mailata. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, true. Actually, he tried. I mean, we'll we'll get to this later on, but he tried that inside spin move against Prince Taika Winogo, and he was it was a no go. I mean, <laughs> yeah. oh, look at Prince, you, yeah, Prince Prince Taika just didn't did, did not let him get by. I think the other big story from practice today was uh, the final thirty minutes or so turned into the JJ Ortega Whiteside show. Uh, JJ had three touchdowns, and and these weren't run of the mill touchdowns. I, I I mean these were, uh, you know, good body control, getting his feet in bounds. One of them was a contested catch, the back corner against Rasul Douglas, the type of play that the Eagles uh, were hoping when they drafted Arthega Whiteside. One of them uh, was it was just kind of a scramble drill, middle of the end zone. Then then, then the other one. Uh, it seemed like it was intended to Greg Ward. It was another JJ, scramble drill. Yeah, and JJ reaches back, deflects it to himself, catches it, and key and, and toe taps before he falls out of bounds. Uh, so we've t- we talked about Ortega Whiteside's improvements this off season. There is a dose of skepticism one needs because it is training camp. We'll see what happens in the games, but he did make plays. He and I, I had the stat online earlier. Uh, he only had two red zone receptions for the Eagles last year. Jeez. This was supposed to be. But what did he have? Like 11 catches to get. Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> but he only had four red zone targets, I I believe. And well, he only I, had like 20 targets. On the I, I, the I guy played up. like half the snaps and Carson yeah. never even looked his way. But when he was at Stanford, had caught 27 of his 39 red zone targets. Uh, that was what he was praised for when the Eagles drafted him was, was that he can make plays in the end zone, in the red zone. And which you which you definitely need when you uh you know don't already have an offense that features two tight ends you want to get the ball to in the red zone and Alshon Jeffrey. And, and Alshon Jeffrey exactly well I think they viewed them as Alshon Jeffrey's replacement and then they gave Alshon Jeffrey an extension but that's 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 neither here nor there uh he yeah he he made those plays in practice today so I I thought I thought he stood out uh in in the session. And then there were a few. I didn't think it was a great day. Well, for quickly Carson on Ortega Whiteside because um, we got a uh, an email to us before the show bringing up something that uh, I have also thought about, like the the idea that we make a lot out of uh, touchdown catches in practice uh, without the context of like they were like from the five yard line. So it's not like JJ Ortega Whiteside's going out there and scoring these long touchdowns. It's like they're put there and it's a five yard catch. So let's not let's not overstate the uh, the touchdown catches for JJ Ortega Whiteside. No, I I understand what you're saying, but we're there. We're we're reporting what's happening at practice. He catches a touchdown. We're reporting that, you know. Yeah, but so, you can you can give it a little bit more context, like you know, sure. it's a it's a it's a short touchdown at least. It's not. Yeah. You know, he's not like uh, catching a deep post. Yes. Uh, and true. running it in for for a touchdown. True, but you know, when you're in a red zone drill. 
and you sure. end in the end zone, it's yeah, you're reporting on it. Um, it's speaking about going deep. He uh, Carson, when I say he, Carson Wentz connected deep with John this was Hightower. A, this was a much better play. Early in practice, uh, nice play, contested catch by Hightower. Avante Maddox was 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 on him. The Eagles really haven't gone deep much this summer. They tried going deep two other times. Hightower, Jalen Rager, Carson Wentz overthrew. Very times. windy day today. Okay, I that's thought a, that had something yeah. to do with it. I thought it was a nice. It, it, it wasn't too hot. Like oh, tomorrow, a beautiful day. yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's gonna be a scorcher. Like like tomorrow's is it? The, yeah. Tomorrow's the type of day you're happy you're six feet apart from everybody. Okay. Uh, but but today most yeah. days for me. <laughs> most days for you. Uh, but 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 today was a nice day. Anyways, uh, high tower. That was a nice play. And really nice play. I've been looking. You know, I, I thought you did a really good piece before camp started, looking at the importance of getting more explosive plays for the Eagles' offense. And it's been like a discussion point this summer, but we haven't seen it in practices. This play was the first time we really saw it in team drills. And it also reminds me of this this thing that we've been talking about with Avante Maddox, where you know Avante Maddox was covering John Hightower very closely on that play, like you know fifty yards down the field, he was step for step with him. And still, John Hightower, who was not that big, six two, one ninety was able to pretty easily, I mean, it was a difficult play, but just go up and get it over Avante Maddox. And I think that this is something that is going to happen uh, like two or three times a game uh, to the frustration of Eagles fans where Avante Maddox is in good coverage and just is not able to make a play on the ball because he's so short. Well, that's a, it's a good observation, and it's, it's one that I frankly should have included in, in my practice observations. And as, as you were saying it, the game that comes to mind— Maybe two or three times a game is a little bit overstating it. But I think, this is, I think it is going to be a running theme of the season. Well, that, the game that, that comes to mind is that playoff game January 2019 against uh, Chicago when mm-hmm. that's what Allen Robinson was doing. You know, Allen Robinson was making plays against Avante Maddox on the, on the ball in the air. Am I right? Yes, he was also yeah. he was also just getting open too. Yes, uh, yes, but yeah, but yeah. So so with Avante on the outside, um, you know, it's it's a good line that we joked about. The only place that he that he looks small is in the lunch line. Well, you can also look small when you're going up against you know uh, a tall receiver who can also jump. And and talking about your vertical only matters if the other guy can't jump. You know, if 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 a guy's six two and 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 he jumps, you know, thirty five forty inches then he can high point the ball. I think that's right. Uh, what were the other highlights of practice for you? Because we're going to get to an Ortega-Whiteside discussion um, okay. in the second half. Uh, so, so, yeah, so I, I mentioned that, that high tower catch. I, 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 I didn't think Carson had the best day. You mentioned the wind. You know, I actually I thought would, he, I... was, he was very sharp in the first half of practice, uh, like okay. as good as I've seen him look all summer, I thought. But okay. then things sort of quieted down. Well, I'm, I'm glad I didn't make an assessment of Carson's performance in my observations. I, I, I didn't think I had enough on that. Um, yeah, Dillard and Avery were were uh, were were big topics. I mentioned Prince Tegawanogo. I was watching that. Jordan Mailata is still, or I say still out, was out yesterday, out today. Lane Johnson remains out. I thought Fletcher Cox had a good practice. There were two plays in particular that jumped out at me. One was Fletcher Cox uh, in the backfield, deflects a, a Carson Wentz pass. The other... Yeah, he read know, a screen. If, he almost picked it. Yeah, and, and he uh, he lined up on the edge at one point with Brandon Graham on the inside. Yes. And uh, really did a good job, um, you know, on his, on his pass rush. We don't talk much about Cox in practices because, I mean, it's year nine for him. Like, it's, it's just get to week one. The flip side is last year he was on the sideline at this time. I think that when the season came, we really didn't see the best of Fletcher Cox. We probably didn't see it until December. Um, and if Fletcher Cox is considerably better this September than he was last September, uh, that changes the Eagles' defense. I think that's right. Uh, let's talk about Avery for a second um, because uh, it looked like a significant injury. He certainly looked um, upset as if he felt that it was a significant injury. Um and we were talking yesterday about this discussion of you know what the Eagles are going to do at the back end of the roster uh, with the defensive ends. Uh, if you accept that Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, and Vinnie Curry are all going to make the team and be the top four, are they going to keep five or six? And there's still uh, some tough cuts to be made there. And I was thinking more about it um, after we talked yesterday. 
And I really think that uh, the Eagles are going to have to factor in uh, the likelihood that the guy they cut is going to get claimed off waivers. And I think because most likely those top four defensive ends are going to be healthy to start the season. The fifth defensive end is not going to be playing on game day. So it's more important for the Eagles, I think, to be able to keep as many of those guys as they can than it is to, uh, you know, reward if you think that Joe Osman deserves to make the team over Sharif Miller. Uh, I don't think that's the right move because if you just think about like the anchoring of Sharif Miller as a, a former fourth round pick from last year's draft, he is more likely to get claimed off waivers than Joe Osman, who has never played a game in his third year in the NFL, or Casey Tuhill, who is a seventh round pick. Um, so I think that it makes like you're you're likelier to get Sharif Miller on the roster and Joe Osman to the practice squad than vice versa. And if if you're still in the business of diversifying your bets, um, and I think Sharif Miller has been fine. I think he's been better than he was last year this camp so far. So I think there's a reason. I think he wouldn't just be making it because he was a fourth round pick and because Howie Roseman is protecting that pick. I think there's a real uh, like game theory aspect to keeping the guy who was drafted because there's a better chance he'll be able to be able to keep more of the players. I believe there is validity to that, especially without a preseason. You know, what right. what, what what we need to account for is that even though the Green Bay Packers would would tell you that every pro scout's reading our tweets and making decisions based on our tweets, the reality is without preseason film to evaluate, what they're going on is their internal scouting reports. So if Joe Osman wasn't the type of player who merited a draft pick two years ago and wasn't the type of player who you were going to sign off your practice squad uh, two years ago, he was hurt all year last year, then in theory, unless like someone like Joe Douglas, who, who's, who actually has seen him, is, is compelled to try to sign him, then uh, you could get him on your practice squad more so than a, than a draft pick, you know, than either Sharif Miller or probably Casey Tuhill. You know, there's there are probably teams that, that liked Casey Tuhill coming out of Stanford and either had a dearth of picks or wanted him as a priority free agent, like the athletic profile. I think teams so, want him as a linebacker. Yeah, or, or that as well. Um, so, no, that is a valid point. I also think, you know, someone asked me today, would you keep Alex Singleton or Joe Ostman? And I'm like, well, is it is Either. it like is it binary? You know, yeah. like are are those my only two options? And and the and the person was like was confident though that like those are the two guys up for the fifty three fifty third spot. I'm I'm not sure. It's, Seems it's, a very uh, misplaced well, confidence. That why well, I I I, I don't know, but yeah. but I I bring that up as a way of saying that I would always lean toward keeping the the edge rusher. I think that there are certain positions that are relatively fun. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have only six linebackers on the entire 81 man yes. roster right now. They're not going to keep six linebackers. One would think. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, I always kind of lean toward, toward keeping those priority positions. And if there's an edge rusher that you think has potential, then I would keep, for instance, I would keep six defensive ends before I kept four running backs. If it came down to that. So would I. And, yeah. and there's a similar, you know, there's a, a similar balance at wide receiver where, um, like, you know, I don't – we talked about yesterday and we said Greg Ward is a lock. I'm not so sure he, he is a lock because if you think, like, you know, Deontay Burnett and Quez Watkins have both looked good in the slot too, and they're both more explosive. They probably have more upside than Greg Ward does. Uh, as we've talked about, Greg Ward is not, like – it's funny because – you would think that the the former college quarterback turned receiver is a guy who is like this great athlete and you're looking for this long-term upside, whereas Greg Ward is actually much more of just a uh, sort of a polished, finished product who has a, you know, a low or a high floor, but a pretty low ceiling. Like he's not an explosive player. You're right. Um, but there's probably, you know, there's probably a good chance you can get Deontay Burnett onto the practice squad, whereas Greg Ward's probably going to get claimed. I would expect because he had a, a pretty good end of the year last year. Um, and if Greg Ward was carrying like, um, you know, an actual contract, I think he would be in danger of getting cut. But because he's on such a cheap deal, I feel like he, he probably is going to make the team. But I don't think he's like done and dusted lock uh, as, as we may be talking about him. 
Yeah, perhaps I was a little too authoritative when I was trying to speak authoritatively. Uh, you are absolutely correct about it. When when I, I think he's he's going to be on the team because he's dependable in the slot and they they don't really have those slot options. They've been working Watkins except for the two tight them. ends. That's that's also true. That's also true. And when, if what, Alshon they think is going to be ready for like you know week three or whatever. Alshon oh, well, can changes. play in the slot. That changes things. I 100%. also, I, I think, I think we probably under, uh, uh, I think we probably gave, like Doug today said, you know, Alshon's running on land, which is good. It's on land is different than grass time, of course. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they hope they get him soon. I don't think we're going to see Alshon anytime soon. Like the Liz well, Frank just... is a really serious uh, injury. It happened at the end of last year. He's an old guy. I would be pretty surprised. We haven't seen him like we haven't seen him jogging run. or run yeah. around. Like he's just tossing a ball up in the air to himself. So to specify the on land thing, because I I, I did see on social media on, on on Twitter that became a bit of a joke. Uh, they have they have a treadmill and a pool that you run in before you're you're ready to run on land. It's you know it's a no gravity thing, so uh, it's easier for you for you to for you to run. That's that's what he means when he says. He's progressed to running on land. Uh, I don't know his his timetable, but yeah, I didn't take Doug's answer today to mean like this is imminent. But the answer that stood out to me, and and this gets into the Greg Ward discussion, was the question you had about Watkins and Hightower. Um, and I'll kind of give my two cents, but but do you want to summarize what the answer was? Uh, no, you can you can say okay. what you said. Yeah, so so he said those two are are really competing against each other, and we don't have preseason games, so you would like to see the preseason games, but uh, you know you're you're trying to see where they would fit in on game day. And the thing that stood out to me, and I didn't, I thought going in the camp, those two guys were competing for spots on the fifty three. And he, as we talk here on August twenty sixth, I think those guys are competing for spots on the hmm. on the forty eight man roster. Now I think now that's I will the say. One very small note, uh, Hightower has taken reps with the second team special, like kickoff coverage and kickoff uh, kickoff coverage and punt coverage units, whereas Quez Watkins has not. Just one tiny little nugget. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way they were using Watkins today also stood out to me. I, I made a mention of this in the practice report. They they gave him a handoff at one point. Mm. Uh, they, they threw him like uh, – a short, I don't know if you, if you call it a bubble screen or a short pass to get him in the space, that perhaps they view him in that gadget-type role that we were talking about with Adrian Killens and that they've, they've tried in the past with Josh Huff. They've tried, I, I don't want to say they tried it with Darren Sproles. Sproles was a different type of player. They tried to force but, it with Pump. Yeah. Can't but, make the clump but, of the dump. But, but perhaps that's the way they can use Pumphrey. Oh, or, I'm mean, sorry. Perhaps that's the way they can use Watkins, Watkins as well. Yeah. Yes. Or, or Killens, although I, I think yeah, he's Yeah, I don't think Killens shot. is going to be on the – yeah, I, I think yeah. he's a practice squad guy. But I, I think both those receivers – we'll have our 53-man projections a week from today, Wednesday, online. We'll have them. And I probably would lean toward having both those receivers on the team. I think they will definitely both be on the team. So, so are, are you going seven wide receivers then? No, I think that's six. You're, oh, I, I have Alshon on PUP. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Same with me. Okay. And, and then they'll have a decision to make, or there might be injuries, and they won't have a decision to make. Right. Uh, okay. Anything else um, flash to you from practice today that is worth talking about that uh, readers can otherwise read on uh, theathletic.com slash Philly, theathletic.com slash birds with friends for 40% off. Uh, those were the big takeaways. Deontay Barnett had a nice catch. Jason Kelsey. Really Deontay Barnett's been good. He has been good. He's young I, too. He's twenty two. Yeah. Yes. Uh, SC guy. Uh, then, yeah, I, I I think you could check it out in the practice reports. Have have a few nuggets there on Adrian Killens, Elijah Holyfield. Elijah Holyfield had a nice spin move. Uh, yeah, and but, then he was like really fired up. Like yeah, drop uh, the f bomb. Yeah, he's he was going crazy after this spin move touchdown, and then the guys on defense were telling him to calm down. They're not live. Like, <laughs> take it easy, Elijah. Uh, fun guy to come. Uh, you asked him yesterday if uh, people always ask him if he boxed. No, I well, I asked him what the if what the guys the around the team ask him yes. about his father. They That's said the question they always ask is is Did you box growing did up? Did you box? And he said he did. Yes, for a bit. All right. 
well, before we get to uh, Pheasantville, Zach, a, a segment that I'm sure everybody is dying to hear, let me first ask you if it's possible that you might have Isaac Sayamalo's hair in your pants or Jason Kelsey's beard. Or, you know, it could even be like, uh, it could be Doug Peterson's hair, which is, it's looking good, but he could use a haircut. Whatever you've got in your pants, that's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. It's also fantasy football season. That's part of the copy. But, you know, I jumped in straight to the, uh, you know, the Eagles references. Just a little, a little inside baseball. Anyway, the Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarterback. Don't let, you know, Joe Osman bull rush Andre Dillard into your franchise quarterback. Protect that bad boy with the Lawnmower 3.0. So, Here's what you need to know. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. And I would tell you, you mentioned fantasy football briefly. Football season's coming up. There's going to be a lot to gamble on. Hey, it's Zach Berman here telling you there are 100 million reasons why you should listen up. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all of their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways, all you have to do is this. Download the app and sign up using promo code TOSS and enter DraftKings free football survivor pool. Yes, it really is that easy to claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win a $1 million cash prize. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free fantasy football survivor pool will receive an instant bonus prize of at least $5 in value upon returning. While you're in the app, don't forget to check out all the great odds, boosts, and promotions DraftKings Sportsbook is offering every day to celebrate this week's basketball and golf action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash top prize. That's promo code TOSS to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. You must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Royce Track and Casino. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Zach, before we get to uh, Pheasantville, let's quickly talk about um, one of the player availabilities we had this afternoon um, with Rodney McLeod, who was talking about the, uh, the, the social justice committee the Eagles have, um, which I thought was interesting. And uh, I guess this has been around for uh, since last year, he said, right? But uh, no, I was uh, no, they've, they've, two years? they've had it. Yeah, because Chris Long was on it as well. Okay, that's right. Um, and I was a little bit surprised because, uh, you know, after the Lions didn't practice yesterday, and, you know, we've heard about uh, the, you know, the Eagles are keeping these conversations at the forefront. You know, Doug is, is listening on all these things. I know they have a scheduled committee meeting on Friday, but I was a little surprised he said they hadn't talked about, uh, you know, what happened in Wisconsin at all over the past couple of days. Did that surprise you a little bit? It did a bit, you know, I mean, when, when Doug, I mean, as like, you know, li- you know, hours before the NBA is stopping. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, know. I I imagine players um, discussed it. I, sure. I, well, I I shouldn't say I I'm not privy to that, but but certainly you know knowing some of these guys, I, I imagine this is something that that um, was on their mind, on their lips. But uh, as far as like uh, a Doug Peterson allocating time as a team, I figured when Doug was asked about it this morning and kind of spoke generally. 
Mm-hmm. I, I figured if, if there was something specific, then he probably would have mentioned that. Um, and I imagine all our listeners know, if you don't, and, and Bo referred to it, the Detroit Lions canceled practice yesterday and, and had a, a protest, a demonstration to really to, to raise attention to it. And, and as we're speaking, this is happening in, in the NBA right now. Uh, but no, the Eagles haven't had anything, haven't had any formal discussions about it, but, uh, their social justice committee, like you said, had a pre-scheduled meeting on, on Friday and Rodney McLeod said they will d- determine the course of action that the team will take during that meeting. Yeah. And I think it's another, um, stark example of sort of the differences between the NBA and the NFL, but. I guess that is a, a topic we can explore. Well, on, well, on I mean, day. the it, the the Lions did act quickly. You know, I mean, the 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 Lions canceled their practice and 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 a fair uh, yeah. a, a fair tip of the hat to uh, a tip of the pencil to Matt Patricia. Matt for that. Patricia, yes, yeah. Um, you know, as as far as look, I I don't want to say what what Doug Peterson should or should not have done. You know, um, but. Uh, yeah, you know, that but it is it is a worthwhile discussion for us to have. Okay, um, let's talk. Wait, a little, we, well, go ahead. I was just gonna say, should we say who was who was on that uh, committee? Sure. Uh, let's see. It yeah. was. Uh, so he said they've added a bunch of guys this summer. Yep. So and and Ronnie said he's he's been the one recruiting. Right. Because um, it, it used to be Chris Long, Nelson Aguilar, and, and Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins, of course. Yeah. Yes. So now joining are uh, Deshaun Jackson and Malik Jackson, which is mm-hmm. uh, a topic for another day. Uh, Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Jake Elliott. Who was the uh, – there was another Avante player. Avante Maddox. Avante. And then he, he said in your follow-up, Will Parks. He did not mention Will, Will Parks. Parks originally. Yep. And um, uh, Connor Barwin and Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie are both involved. Yes, correct. So there you go. All right. Uh, I feel I feel like we're doing a bit of a disservice. I feel like I I'm not uh, able to really uh, fully frame this whole thing correctly as it's going on, and uh, I feel a little bit weird about just talking about e- about Eagles right now. But that's what we're here to do. So I guess uh, I guess we can finish. Uh, what I wanted to talk about Zach with Pheasantville is. Uh, the the things that we have sort of seen over the past week and a half of Eagles practice. This is an exercise that we do every summer. Is uh, you know what are what are the odds that something that we're watching, the way that we're interpreting it, is actually something else? And uh, you know the classic example of this was a couple of years ago when it looked like you know Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby were having this fantastic summer. I think it was 2018. Uh, all of a sudden, you've got these lockdown corners. And it really turned out that that was probably just because the receivers were terrible. Um, so a couple things, a couple things here. I'm going to toss you. You know, what if what we're seeing is actually is actually something else? Okay. Okay. Uh, let's start with JJ, because what if JJ Ortega Whiteside's breakout summer is really just you know the second team defensive backs are not very good. I don't think that hurts the team, if that's the case. I don't think in 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 our predictions or projections for the team this year, I wasn't counting on JJ Ortega Whiteside being a major contributor. I thought he was going to get an opportunity, but I think if if you're getting the JJ that we thought a year ago, or I guess that they thought a year ago, then that's almost gravy. You know, when I was looking at the best case scenarios for this team, and, and I did think JJ was going to be a, a top three receiver to start the year, but I was thinking that they're going heavy with 12 personnel. They have Deshaun and Jalen Rager healthy, and uh, that's kind of their best offense. If, if, if JJ gives them production and helps them in the red zone, so be it. But, but I'm, I'm still thinking Rager and Deshaun are their best options. I think that's right. And uh, I, I was talking to somebody else about this. It has been the case that uh, while Rager and Ortega Whiteside have s- sort of been splitting first-team reps a little bit, uh, it has been more the case that r- it's Rager and Deshaun in 12, and then J.J. comes on more often when it's 11 personnel and there's you know Greg Ward in the slot. Correct. Is that, is that, and, does that match your eyes? 
That does, and I think that's consistent with something we've discussed, which is that what the Eagles want in 12, I think, is speed on the outside to open up the middle mm-hmm. of the field. That certainly makes sense. Uh, okay, next up, uh, what if this uh, – this is, you know, something we've sort of talked about, but what if the, uh, you know, dominant defensive line and all these sacks they're getting is really just because the offensive line is not so good? That's a very valid question, and it's and it's one – I shouldn't have said very valid. It's a valid question, and it's one we really need to consider. I posed this question to Doug Peterson the other day. Uh, if this offensive line is mediocre – then that's a problem for this offense. Um, and I think there's a better chance of when you see the results in practice last week of it being a problem with the offensive line than a credit to the defensive line. Because their defensive line wasn't at full strength either. You know, you you, right. you, you didn't have Derek Barnett. You didn't have Javon Hargrave. Now, I, I know their offensive line wasn't at full strength, but um, it is something to think about. Well, along those lines, what if, Zach, um, the conspiracy theory holds true and Jason Peters is going to be your starting left tackle by, you know, week two or three? Do well, you that think would... that's possible? If How bad does Andre Dillard have to be to make the Eagles pull that switch? If he puts his quarterback's uh, health in peril, yeah. then that's 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 when you consider it. It's just we're gonna take it. Hard. We're gonna take it. We're just this is not a benching. We're just taking a step back with Andre. You know he didn't get the the full off season. We still have high hopes for him. He's still our left tackle of the future. But we just right now we just need to take a little bit of a step back. Jason's not super comfortable at right guard, and we want to. You know th- we think this gives us the best chance to win. Yeah the the last argument you you made would need to be the selling point that Jason Peters is here. We don't like him at right guard. He's better at left tackle. But uh, you you can't sell me on the first part, that it's just a step back. Uh, once you pull Andre Dillard from left tackle, then I think that ship is all, has all but sailed. You've, made, you've committed to Andre Dillard being your, your left tackle. Um, you, you made that commitment by not signing Jason Peters when you did, by moving Jason Peters to right guard. If Andre Dillard is not your left tackle this season, that is an admission that Andre Dillard is not good enough to play left tackle for you. Yeah, I think that's the only way to interpret that. And he's, you know, an old man. Do you think now, that's likely? I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's likely because I think that Birdline going- Birdline uh Well, no, not a Birdline. Just do you think that Andre Dillard starts every game he plays this season? Yes. Okay. You? Healthy, like healthy. They're, they're, healthy, you yes. Know, any non-injured yes. game. Yes. You? Uh, I uh, I think he probably does, but it's. I think it's like, you know, 55-45 if we're putting turkeys on it. Wow. You, you're, you really aren't confident in it. I don't – I mean, have you – do you think he's looked good? No, but there's an organ. This is this is the politics of football. There's the, the yeah, I know, the but he's protect. But it. literally, we saw it today. Like yes, it's not just the polit. Like it's it's you you can't afford to be too protective of him. If the downside is he's going to break your quarterback, I just think it's hard to go back to him once you pull that plug. Yeah, but pulled that I mean, plug, you might have to. Then you're just trading him next off season for whatever you can get. Well, I mean, or you keep him and uh, let him toil for several years like Sidney Jones until it looks like he's not going to make the team. <laughs> I should have said at the top, Sidney Jones was back at practice today, did not participate in team drills. Yeah. So, you know, still still time is short, as uh, as Jim would say. Time is getting uh, short but not small. <laughs> short is applicable when, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, okay. Now, do you like how about how what what if we frame it this way? Uh, you are playing a game tomorrow, and it's a it's a playoff game tomorrow. Would you rather Woodpecker? You rather start Dillard and Peters or Peters and Pryor? Playoff game tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. So, like, that's it. My, you know, I'm not thinking about anything beyond yes. that game. If I'm not thinking anything beyond that game, I'm going Peters and Pryor. Yeah. Um, but look, that's that's not reality. You know, you you have you have an organization. You're thinking long term. You made this investment. 
yeah, you're you're not just trying to get through to the next day. And I know that's it's the old John Harbaughism, you know, win means what's important now. But I I, I think there's a a dose of of perspective and long term thinking that you need to have. Okay. And it's a bad precedent too. It is a bad precedent, but it's but it's it's only a bad precedent if you if he's not a bad player. Fair. I mean, the right thing to do is if if you have enough information to decide that he's not good, then you need then you have a duty to pull him. I don't want to jump on one of your. You have a duty to um, yank that booty. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to jump on one of your future um, uh, pheasant fills here. So so tell me if if I'm getting ahead of myself. But what did you make of the? Jordan Mailata answer to the Andre Dillard question today, to the Dillard and Mailata question. What did he say? I think I missed the... Yeah, so really, I didn't it? think it was a very hearty endorsement of, of, of Mailata. There was a hearty endorsement of, of Dillard. Let me That's pull right. it up yeah, here. He was really impressed. I think, but I wasn't sure if that was like talking over Mailata or just making sure to gas up <laughs> yeah. Dillard. So I've been real impressed, obviously, with Dillard and his growth. And when I say this, this is Doug Peterson speaking. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his strength and what he did this offseason coming into camp mentally and physically prepared. He's done a really nice job for us. He has stepped in and embraced that role at left tackle. Mylotta has done some good things, or I'm sorry, Mylotta is doing some good things. He flashes from time to time. Again, keeping in mind that football is relatively new to him. Yeah, he like this is relatively new to him. But look, year three, you can't tell me football is relatively new to him. You know, well it is though. I I mean, look, look, Prince Tega Winogo didn't start playing football till what, like five years ago, four or five years ago. That's Um, two more years. You know. uh, he has one year left on his contract, Mylotta, after this year. <laughs> you know, like, are you going to – I know. There is. And, again, and I, I love the story. Great guy to talk to. Uh, and you can't teach that size. You can't teach well, that athleticism. Well, that's another athleticism. one. That's another roster decision where who's more likely to get through to the practice squad. Like, I think Mylotta we, – we talked about this, but I think Mylotta does get claimed. Yeah, but I think Prince Tega does too. Prince, I think maybe. that's that – I think that's when you let go of one of your, like uh, – practice squad guys that you like maybe more than someone else does yeah uh but but uh i mean i keep saying my lotta has this like steve nebraska quality to it like you keep talking about it at some point you need to see it happen in games well maybe he'll just have one game where he <laughs> uh pancakes on every single play <laughs> yes yes exactly uh okay here's one for you mm-hmm. what if jalen mills looking good um and looking the part is less about him settling into the defense and more about uh, everything is easier for him because he knows the offense he's going up against so well. Uh, do you see what I mean by that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that like look, it's, I'm, it's I, not like he's a natural safety. It's just that yeah. because he's gone up against this defense for so long, this offense for so long, he knows what to expect. I like this game, and I, I think that's a I think that's a good point. I, I I would suggest if if our listeners haven't yet, go and and check out. Uh, we have the 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 risers followers kind of stock up and down. Bo did a good write up on Jalen Mills in that. I, I would suggest looking at that. Uh, Jalen Mills, he 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 has looked really good. The one thing that I'll say is that the things that you see in practice, I think, are what he would do well at safety, and that is kind of cover, run around. There are things that Malcolm Jenkins was was exceptional at at that position, such as blitzing run fits that uh, we really won't see un- until until it's game day. And I want to see how does Jalen Mills do in that area. You know, Malcolm Jenkins was like that extra linebacker for them, was really good against the run, uh, save for you know that one on one tackle against Ezekiel Elliott last year. But I don't know if uh, I don't know how Jalen Mills will will do there. What you're seeing in practice, I think, is what is the cornerback background that Mills can apply to safety. I was just thinking that uh, I should have done for the manscaped read. I should have said what you really want is Jason Peters' beard in your pants, because that thing is you know as well manicured as it gets. Well said. Sorry. Uh, okay, last one. Uh, what if the you know the good camp so far for the depth wide receivers, whether that's Quez Watkins or John Hightower or Deontay Burnett, all of these guys, what if it's not that 
Uh, the Eagles have hit on these picks and more just a maddening reminder of um, how desperately the offense needed speed all along and how much they abdicated that responsibility over the past two years. Terrific vocabulary here. Uh, that has, I don't buy that as much. I don't think what you're seeing in practice from those receivers is as much their speed. I think, I think this, I think practices are designed for receivers to look better. And we've seen this before that the receivers, you know, that that's, they've, they have either bottom of the depth chart guys, or if you make a list of kind of the the training camp all-stars, it's often a wide receiver because wide receivers tend to look good in these drills. Uh, We'll see when the lights come on, use that cliche. But I don't think it's as much speed um, because the, you know, I said this earlier, they, they haven't gone deep that much. And that surprised me. Like last year when they brought Deshaun in, mm. how many times did we watch them go deep to Deshaun in practice? It's true. And the the things that you're seeing from Hightower and Watkins, it's not as much like their, their deep speed ex- except in yeah, one-on-one. But speed plays short, too. Speed plays in the middle. True. Not just long. Well, that is true. That is correct. Um, but, no, I, I think it's it's more the way practices are structured. Who do you think has more catches the rest of their Eagles career? I give you uh, Watkins and Hightower, whichever one of those two it is, or Ortega Whiteside. Ooh, so Watkins plus Hightower. Not them combined, but you know, wh- whichever oh, one of the two of them one. does end up oh. having more catches. Will I'm going that JJ. be more than JJ? I'm going JJ still. Um, I think I'm going with. I think I might be going with Watkins Hightower. You love your boy Quez. I just, I'm still pretty skeptical of JJ. Uh, he, ha- I admit that he has looked better this year than last year. He is getting in and out of breaks a little bit quicker. But I still am skeptical that it's going to play really um, in at regular season speed, and I just like he's just not dynamic enough. And I and I think the like the bully ball wide receiver is not is not a great bet. No, but there are like so many of these late round. Yeah, speed guys. I, I know. Who, who I mean, it's still know? unlikely that those guys are ever going to turn into anything. Yeah. But I will say, like you know, they look better than I think Shelton Gibson ever looked. Um, That's well, Sh- well, Shelton Gibson as like a speed guy was the most overrated thing. Okay, I mean, but he, he was. He, I mean, he was still a fifth round yeah. pick. Like, yes, true, uh, true. I think they look. You know, I, I can't really remember. You know, Matt Collins had that one nice long touchdown, and he's yeah, you know, against Washington. He had a good. Yeah. He had a good rookie year, but. Um, I don't remember being as impressed with him in practice. No, they haven't. Uh, I think, had speed I, like think this. I think you know early returns are good, and you know Jimmy Kemsky wrote about this. But the Eagles are likely to have a lot of rookies on this roster, and it's it's looking like a, a good rookie class pretty early, and that's without probably any uh, early play at all from their second and third round picks. By the way, if I can gas myself up here, mm, okay. Uh, Take away. Twenty Eagles predictions for 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 twenty twenty came out January twentieth. Uh, on that list, I I, you, I had you hit on most of these predictions. No, no, I did not. I missed on a lot of them. But uh, number sixteen, they will have more than ten first year players on the week one roster. Okay. Uh, and to give that context, Eagles had six first year players after cut down day. Last season and nine on their week one roster in two thousand. Now, why are you saying first year instead of rookie? You want to make sure you include the guys who, like Asua Opeta, does he count as a first year? Yes, exactly. Opeta counts as a first year mm. player. Mm, you're you're um, juking the stats a bit. That's not juking the stats. That is. That's, <laughs> you're juking the stats. Uh, Elijah Holyfield counts as a first year player. Yeah, this is a little bit shady. <laughs> that's that's not shady. That's the letter of the law. Yeah, but it's here. not. A, but a, it's not that bold of a prediction then. Short is because the the thing I was comparing it to when I said six first year players in uh, the year before in 2019 and nine in 2018, I was going based on first year players from those. All right. Um, yeah, like uh, it, Elijah Holyfield, Sua Opera, and Marcus Green are their only first year players. Okay. So that's yeah. that's really all it does for me. The okay. rest are the, the so rest you've got, rookies. So you've got you've got Rager. 
Hertz, Davion Taylor, Jack Driscoll. Those guys are mm. all going to make the team. High Kayvon Wallace and Kayvon Wallace. That's five. Uh, High Tower and Watkins are going to make the team. That's seven. Sean Bradley, Bradley is going to make the team. That's eight. Tega Winogo or Winogo and Two Hill. Nah. Yeah, they're eh. They're eh. They're uh, on the bubble. No Atangiai on the bubble. Do they keep three yeah. tight ends? You've got Holyfield. Uh, Jeriga has a shot. Uh, I, I don't think, think Jeriga makes it. I don't think so either. Um, Grayland. Grayland has a shot. Um, I think I think you hit that by uh, midseason. I think I think there are several of these guys who are going to get called up at some point, including my guy Elijah Riley, who by the way had a dynamic practice again. He is nails. I love this guy. My crush is only growing. He knocked a he knocked a, a, a ball out in the end zone. He had a sack today. My man, he is he's he's Elijah Riley plays a game for the Eagles this year. There's your prediction. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. Now I I specifically wrote week one, and I don't know what I was thinking saying more than ten first year players because <laughs> yeah, by, the, by the more you were than, very specific. Yeah, I need to get to eleven yeah. by putting more than. So uh, yeah, now uh, I, I will also mention can make the team. I will also mention number fourteen on this list. Yes, very is this, at least yes, at least one player signed to a futures contract after the season. A we'll very big day for you, fifty three man roster. Uh, Trevor Williams is back. <laughs> Trevor Williams. So they signed nine players to future contracts. Uh, River Craycraft, Alex Ellis, Marcus Green. Oh, Marcus Green's back too. Oh, okay. there you go. Albert Huggins, Kyle Laletta, Mark and Michelle, uh, Keegan Render, Draymond Smith, and Trevor Williams. <laughs> so Trevor Williams and Marcus Green are my last hope of hitting on this uh, impossible prediction. That was bold a bold. Prediction. That was a bold one. Yes. Yes. That would. That was a bold one. Yeah, now, number 15 there, sandwiching those two that I mentioned, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside will be a top three receiver. A top three days. receiver on opening day? Okay. So yes. are you just meaning in terms of snaps? Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Well, he might not be. He might not be, but that that's, that still has a shot of hitting. Yeah, he got a shot. Okay. All right, Zach. Well, we've got, a, we've got an out, so we can uh, wrap this bad boy up. What are you looking forward to seeing tomorrow? Contact. Now, I, I received a text during this from, from someone who, who said that they thought there was contact today. I think there were there was one play that— Oh, I think they went live for a period. Okay. I, I, yeah. I thought that was just like them. Uh, interesting. Okay. I, so, uh, you know, I also wasn't sure if it was fully live or if they just sort of let them. But the, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought the guy was just playing aggressive. I didn't think that was a live period. But it was it was more than one guy. I think they actually did go live. I'm not a hun- I'm not you know willing to stake my job on it, but I think so. Are are we expecting live periods tomorrow then? Still, um, good question. Because I was cons- I was comparing this this to Friday last week. I was yeah. comparing Thursday this week to Friday last week. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, it was. I mean, it certainly wasn't as live as Friday last week was. So if it's going to be the same template, then they would yeah. be going live tomorrow. And then also tomorrow we will have the benefit of, of being around what Bill Barnwell says, who Bill Barnwell says is the best football writer in America. Bo Wolf. Well, Bo Wolf is an outstanding football mm-hmm. writer, so I'm, I'm, I believe very strongly in that. Well, thanks. You're not so bad yourself. But Shio Kapadia is going to be joining us at practice tomorrow. That's right. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, of Birds with Friends. For Zach and Marissa and Sheil, I'm Bo. Make sure to have your quarterbacks take off their red jerseys. And as always, we love you.